kids here. Yeah. Um, I was born in Florida, a little town called Milton, Florida. That's where my mom was raised. Uh, her family's still from there, still lives there. Uh, when I was three, we moved to the big town of Sebastian, Texas, uh, which is about 10 miles south of Raymondville, maybe a thousand people or so, 1200 people. My dad grew up there. And so it was a fun childhood, uh, riding bikes in the streets, running around barefoot, uh, riding horses, uh, out with our BB guns. Um, I had, it was me and my two brothers, and then I had three cousins as well, all boys. And so we were a little gang that kind of roamed the streets and had a good time. Um, when I was 11, we moved to Raymondville. I attended school in Raymondville, but lived in Sebastian. Mm -hmm. But we moved to Raymondville when I was 11. And that was like moving to the big town, man. That was, that was a big Oh, city. yeah. Raymondville had a McDonald's and a Pizza Hut. Are you kidding me? That was, yeah, it was a big time. Um, moved to Raymondville. And then I graduated from Raymondville, of course. And uh, my parents still live there. And um, then went to, went to college, went to law school. And here I am. So Married, three kids, and blessed. Yeah, nice, man. Well... You know, growing up in Raymondville, like, what was that? What was that like? What was like, like the, the kind of the, the overall? You're talking about kind of like, you know, riding your bikes and doing things with your family and like that kind of stuff. I mean, like, uh, what was what was what was life like back then? Because I, I do, you know, growing up in a small town, it's like, man, if you had a McDonald's, that was like, yeah, that was big shit. Yeah, that's big time. Yeah, for so, sure. So like, um, you know, when you were growing up, like what were kind of some of the things that your 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 mom or your dad kind of like instilled in you kind of as like as you were growing up? What were kind of like the important parts of of growing up, like the things that kind of they 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 would tell you and then, you know, it's kind of carried through to like today. OK, one of them. Well, the two main things was education and work ethic. And both my parents have master's degree in, in education. My dad was a principal, my mom was a teacher. And so that was instilled at a very early age. It was not a matter of if you're gonna go to college, it's you're gonna go to college. You know, that was just understood from a very early age. Um, and the other one was work ethic. My dad um, always had these little side deals that he would do and, you know, he, uh, I guess, kind of would flip houses before it became really popular. He'd buy one and work on it. He used because he used to do construction when he was younger. Okay. And so he would do all the work himself, which uh -huh. then meant Ryan was there with him doing a lot of that work. And so the summers a lot, we would get up early, we'd go out and do whatever it was, but it was pretty much working a lot of the weekends yeah. and a lot in the summers as well. Um, okay. And so that was something that was always instilled in me. And, you know, he was, uh, he, I would, he, he got me up early all the time. If I went out, man, when I was in high school and I was just, you know, got in super late at seven o'clock in the morning or so, he's there, you know, uh, get up. And that's up the window. Yeah, opening up the window. What was crazy is that at, at that time, my room was upstairs and there was two separate air conditioners. And so the way he would do is he would get up early and he'd just turn, turn the air it off. off. And you'd wake up with that film of sweat, just <laughs> hating life. Um, but it's carried over today to this day because I still get up at, you know, 5, 5.30 usually most every morning. Yeah. Uh, my kids think I'm crazy, but that's just kind of something that I've done forever. So, like, know? early on, your dad was uh, an entrepreneur, right? Because he was yeah, kind of doing, he was, he was doing kind of his own thing. And, and if he was built, if he was flipping houses, I mean, he was, you know, that was kind of... Uh, 
uh, like a maybe it was a passion of his. Or, yeah, or, it was. He yeah. was. He got his real. He while he was a principal, he got his real estate license, and uh -huh. so he would do that a little bit on the side, and then became a broker as well. And so the buying and selling was all kind of intertwined. That was something that you know kind of grew up with as well. Hmm. So, and I got my real estate license when I was nineteen. Oh, really? Yeah, and sold real estate for a little bit in college up until I guess right before I went to law school. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I did that for. Years. That's good. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so very early on, uh, work, you know, entrepreneurship, sales. Man, I didn't know you were in in real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did that yeah. for about three years. It was it was fun. I had a, uh, I learned quickly not to assume in real estate. Um, I showed a house to a couple, and I thought I'd shown a few houses and kind of felt a little more comfortable and. Um, I was, we went into one room and I told them, I said, well, this would be a great room for the baby. And I pointed to her and she was like, I'm not pregnant. And I was like, oh. holy shit. Uh, I did that too. Let's just leave. <laughs> You're not going to buy this house. We're yeah. done. Everything gets hot. Everything gets, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. Man. So, uh, but anyway, I had some good times. Um, not all my showings <laughs> went down like that, of course, but uh, it was fun. So, like, uh, you know, growing up when you were in Raymondville, you you go you grow from a very small town to a bigger town, but still kind of small too. Like, you know, what were your what were kind of your uh, aspirations growing up? Did you know that you wanted to be an attorney like from a very early age, or was it kind of like what were your kind of your your thoughts on like what life should should be like, or did you think that you were going to be in Raymondville for the rest of your life, or what were what would you think? I, I knew I wanted to be an attorney at a young age. I can't really remember when, but it's one of those where I don't really remember not wanting to be a lawyer. Mm. Second grade, maybe first grade, something like that. I don't know. Um, one thing I did see growing up was a, a lot of people getting taken advantage of mm. through just circumstances, socioeconomic. Uh, lack of education, whatever the situation was. And it was something that stood out to me. And it was, you know, and I knew that law was one way, kind of a vehicle that I could come back and help some of these people. Mm -hmm. And so while I wanted to be maybe before I even appreciated that, uh, as I got a little bit older, it just became kind of more ingrained in me that, yes, this is for sure what I want to do so that I can come back and help people who are find themselves in those unfortunate situations. Hmm. Again, being taken advantage of. Willis County, I guess the Valley in general, Willis County in particular has got kind of an interesting history hmm. um, you know, of, of certain things that have happened. And uh, like I said, just kind of people being taken advantage of. And hmm. again, as a lawyer, it's something that I take a lot of pride in, the ability to be able to go in and you know, it's the whole David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. You know, you can step in front of them and, and the law and the courts and everything afford you that ability to stop that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an incredible, an incredible deal. It's an, I've, I've loved being a lawyer for, I've been now 15 years and it's. it's oh, wow. Yeah. I know time goes. Yeah, flies, time yeah. goes by really, really fast. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you, you decided to go to law school, graduated from the University of. College or law school? College. Uh, from Pan Am. Oh, from Pan Am. Yeah. Okay, so and you, then... UTPA. UTPA, yeah. You were there at the same time, right? Uh, more or less, yeah. And then went to San Antonio to St. Mary's. Okay. Um, met my beautiful wife, Rebecca, six weeks after I got there. Wow. And yeah, and then got engaged 11 months later and married 11 months after that. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Still in law school when, you, when all that happened? 
Sorry. Were you still in law school? I was still in law school. I got married in law school. Yeah, I got married uh, just at the end of my second year of law school. Wow. Yeah, she was a third year in my first year. Okay. And so then she stayed and practiced for a couple of years. And then after after I sat for the bar was when we came down and moved down here to the valley. And so so because you, you know, both of y'all uh, and she's from she's originally from like Corpus. She's right? from Corpus. She's from Corpus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so y'all are married, living, going to school in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was it that brought you to the valley? I always knew I wanted to come back to the valley. And that was kind of how I introduced myself. I was like, you know, I'm coming back. This is, you know, this goes anywhere. We're, 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 we're moving to the valley. And she so was okay with that? You're long for the ride. Yeah, she was, well, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Right. She's cool with it now. She's fine with it, okay. Yeah, because she'd been in San Antonio for nine years before oh, we wow. moved down here. Um, yeah, so, and what was crazy is that we got here on a Saturday and found out we were pregnant on Sunday. So it's not like we can go to all the happy hour young lawyer events and stuff like that. So it was, it was, yeah, but she's, she loves it now. Yeah. She's got so many friends and everything. And so it's all good. So, uh, high school, um, you know, what was, what would you say is kind of like the, the biggest difference from, you know, your mindset and your thoughts and ideas from when you were going to you know, going to college, because I think, I don't know, for me personally, it was like, I kind of had this idea uh, when I was going to college, I was like, man, as soon as I graduate, I'm going to get this like, awesome job, and I'm going to have this, and I'm going to have that, and my life's going to be here, and I want to move over there, and I'm going to like, conquer the world kind of thing. My, my thoughts of success back then are way different than they are now. Like mm-hmm. how, what, what was, what's, what's that been like for you? Has it pretty much stayed the same or have things kind of like changed based off of your, your perspectives on, on things there to then to now? Um, no, I mean, it's, you know, of course you're, 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 you're idealistic, you're naive, you're immature, you're, you're, some may say dumb, you know, <laughs> when you, when you're that age, uh, you know, the world is, oh my God. And then you get a little, you get as you kind of grow and then kids and everything else like that, it obviously changes perspective. It also changes perspective on what's really important. Mm. You know, when I was younger, it was all about this and that and fast cars and I wanted all these cool things. And now it's like, I want all these cool things for my kids. Mm. You know, I don't really care so much about me or whatever, I'm cool. Um, But now that's kind of the biggest shift in everything Mm -hmm. is how your kids basically, I never knew that growing up uh understood that that's where that was going to take me mm-hmm. but now as a father it's like i don't care so much about me right. you know it's just all i just want everything you know, everything's for my kids now right right has been of course forever yeah so it's like well you're you're not necessarily if if you know you're generating a certain amount of income uh that income is now like well what can i do for my kids absolutely yeah yeah, yeah which you know yeah well, the natural I'm, i guess as a, as a parent and so mm-hmm. yeah I mean and 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 so I mean gro- going into law school obviously your wife already has a really good understanding of what that profession's about what it kind of takes um, what was that what was kind of that transition between college obviously I mean y'all have a child on the way already like right from the get-go so you grew up very quickly very fast kind of all like at one time right because it was like 
degree, uh, wife, child on the way, you know, house, car, mortgage, right? I always feel like that, those have been kind of those, um, uh, what's the word? It's like, um, it's, um, what is the word? I'm looking for, I guess, milestones, mm -hmm. right? Like milestones is like, oh, I got my first car. I got my, I'm getting my first house. I'm going to have my first child. I'm finally getting married, right? Like all of these milestones or, or maybe they're like, I don't want to say accomplishments, but they're just milestones in life that I think when you kind of grow up, you're, you always kind of imagine that, right? Like uh, maybe when you're 12 or something, you're like, one day I'm going to have this house and one day I'm going to have kids and I'm going to have all of these things. And. And so all of this stuff kind of comes in all together, right? You, you do all of this, and then somewhere along the ways from graduating and today, you decide to go into business for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So that entrepreneurial spirit that maybe your dad had and you kind of saw indirectly as he was doing kind of all of these things, maybe it's a hereditary <laughs> type, type trait, who knows, right? Yeah. Or maybe it was something that was learned, but I mean, what what kind of enabled you to to do that like um how did you go from recent graduate to owning your own firm so i went out on my own shortly out of law school um and looking back it probably wasn't the smartest thing in the world we had little to no money in savings um asa was six weeks old i believe uh six or eight weeks old and I decided I'm gonna hang a shingle and let's do it. <laughs> um, but you know what's crazy or what's, uh, what's interesting is that when failure is not an option, you, you just, you know, it's, you, you have no choice. There's no other option but success. Why? Because you can't fail, you know, because you have your family, because you have kids that are supporting, that are, that are uh, needing you that you have to support you know and so it's incredible when your back's against the wall like that you just fight mm -hmm. and you know it's like I said you have no choice but to succeed right um, you know there's that line in the the um, Eminem song where he says uh, success is my only motherfucking option failures not mm -hmm. and you know and I think that that kind of uh, is is exactly where I was at that point. And I think a lot of people who go off on their own, you know, mm -hmm. that they, they take that big, huge risk uh, and they're like, my gosh, I've got to make this. Those sleepless nights of, you know, working like crazy, everything you can to make it succeed because you can't fail because right. you have people that are dependent upon you, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, coming coming from that type of experience too, there's something about when other people depend on you that you just kind of level up mm -hmm. in, in terms of like the amount of ambition or drive or resilience that that kind of comes to when you know that you know you've got all of these other responsibilities and you've got people who are uh, depending on you to to make stuff happen mm -hmm. so yeah I mean uh, and I, I want to try to remember the the name of the the Eminem song, and it's like right on the tip of my tongue. But it comes out in Eight Mile. I yeah, know that. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's that. It's it's. That'll um, ah, come to me. You know, an interesting interesting little tidbit of information. I listen to that song on repeat every morning from my apartment 
to the place that we were taking the bar because the bar is three days. And every on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. All the way. Yeah, all the way up there on 1604 where the testing site <laughs> was. Every morning, man. Every morning I listen to that. That's, for that one little that little lyric right there. Right. It's know? it's funny, right? Like that type of motivation. I mean like music in itself too. I mean, for me is just like uh, can can do so much, right? Like there's so much motivation behind that. And uh, yeah, man, it's you know, I'm sorry, you were you were you were mentioning something earlier about how when you get started and all, and uh, Rebecca and I were talking about it the other day. How when we got our first house, it was the coolest thing in the whole world, man. I mean, we were so happy. We were just like, oh, we're so lucky. This is the dream, you know. And and again, as you progress in life and in your career, it wasn't too long afterwards where you're like. <laughs> you know, yeah, and it's this like place is in yeah, it's not that yeah. cool, you know. I mean, I think and and then when we moved into the house that we're in now, say, oh my gosh, this is you know, we've arrived, right. you Fantastic, know, right? And then after a few years, we're like, well, you know, yeah. we recently bought a lot, and we're going to be building a house here in a little bit. Um, hey, congrats, yeah, That's well, awesome. yeah. But it's like, how can you bottle that that kind of exuberance, that just like childlike wonder? when you go into those situations. That's something that I wish I could have appreciated a little bit more. Mm. Um, you know, when you have all of these milestones, because man, if you look back, that seems like yesterday, but it seems like so long ago at the same time. Right. And time just flies, 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 flies. And it's like, you know, going off on a bit of a tangent, I think sometimes you can become um, victims of your own ambition mm -hmm. in the sense that you're never really truly well, you, I don't want to say not truly happy but there's always there's always something else there's always something else there's always something else and right. so that's something that here over the last several years I've tried to be more mindful of just kind of more living in the moment and mm -hmm. appreciating like man these I'm very blessed you know I've, I've, I'm very very blessed and and just appreciating what you have as opposed to always being like, well, what's over there? What's right. over what's there? What's around the corner? What's next? What's right. next? You yeah. know, I, well, I want to get this. I mean, just, yeah, chill. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got it. It's everything is great. You're very, very blessed. And so that's one of the things that I've been trying to, like I said, just be more mindful about. Yeah. And just making sure that I'm living each day, uh, enjoying the journey more so. I'm the biggest, I'm, I'm, you know, when I was younger, especially, I just, let's get there, let's get there, let's get there, let's get there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, though, part of life is, is the journey of life. Right. You know, it's not simply the destination. Right. And it took me, it took me a while to really, I guess, appreciate that. I knew it, I guess. I'd heard it. Yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. Move over. I'm, I'm on my way over here. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. 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 I've got time for that, man. Yeah, like, exactly. You smell the roses. Right. I'm going yeah, yeah, this yeah. way. And I'm like, that's really what's important about life. You know, all those little things like that. Mm -hmm. and so, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, when, when it comes to, well, I think going back to like when you're growing up, you know, uh, those those goals, those goals of like, man, you know, once I get, you know, once I get my, my first my first job or once I enter my profession, I'm going to buy this kind of car. And this has always been my dream or this, you know, getting this kind of house. And like, you know, uh, like to your point, when you when you moved into the into the house that you live now, because I know where you live. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, you you got the nice you got the nice H.E.B. So it's like, hey, let's go to the nice H.E.B. <laughs> in our nice new house. And like 
going in and 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 kind of living that little that little part of it and i think from a business perspective or like a, from a business owner perspective you're constantly trying to level up right and and typically i think a lot of people uh when people say oh man that person's super successful they typically related to financial success mm-hmm. right like oh man he's doing so well he's so successful but I think we've seen through different people, different people in society, um, even I think you know within yourself, you start to realize like, okay, I, I want to I want to make this much, and then you make that much, and then you're like, well, that's probably not enough. I want to make more. I want to make this much. If I make this much, I'll be happy. And then you get there, and you're like, you know what? If I can just make a little bit more, I'll be like super happy. And then you start to realize that you're kind of chasing this thing that doesn't necessarily really exist this this chase of happiness mm-hmm. um as it relates to money and success which is kind of falsified i think by society saying that in order for you to be happy in order for you to be successful you have to make all this money um and you know i think as people start to kind of chase that right they chase that mirage of of those things it there isn't ne- nothing that's really like self-fulfilling right like there's no fulfillment in that um for you it might be you know you you're you're able to financially gain and then your fulfillment is sharing that those achievements with your children um but i mean there's other self-fulfillment things that you do right because i mean i know that you're really involved with the boys and girls club and you've done a whole lot of nonprofit stuff like i remember when there was flooding um here you know, you went out and you helped out the city of Raymondville. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Oh, that was last year? Mm-hmm. Last oh, summer. wow, man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, time flies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, so that, that I think in itself is, is like fulfillment. So, you know, why, why do you, like, I know you're involved with the Boys and Girls Club, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. what's that about? Um, yeah, so I was, I'm past president right now, last uh, president last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Boys and Girls Club, I think, is such an incredible organization. Um, it helps so many um, of our children here in the community. And, you know, between the hours of three and seven is when most juvenile crime is committed. Hmm. And the hours between three and seven, four and seven, four and eight, that's when kids are with the clubs mm-hmm. at the various sites that we have and everything else like that. And so, um, you know, again, growing up in Raymondville, there was nothing like that. And I have friends that kind of went off the path and wound up, you know, in jail or dead or whatever the case may be. And, you know, I think some of those people could have certainly benefited from something like the Boys and Girls Club. And so whenever I was given the opportunity to join the board, I, mean, I immediately jumped at it. And uh, it's been an incredibly rewarding experience i've been on there for four or five years now i believe so so yeah yeah so i mean um you you know you talk about kind of that that gratifying feeling of the things that you're able to offer your kids right the opportunities you're able to offer your your kids because you're blessed because you you know you've, you've got these things but like what are some of the other things in life that are like fulfilling to you in terms of the things that are like you know that those feel good moments that you that you get like what are what have been some of those feel good moments that where it's not necessarily related to money but maybe it's related to a client or like uh you know a community event that you did or something that maybe you didn't even expect that you'd get really great satisfaction from because you did something good 
Um, well, in law, the, the one case that always kind of stands out at me was a gentleman from Willacy County who was going to lose his house. Uh, he lived out at Port Mansfield, mm. and he had kind of, he, he was pretty outspoken, um, and had rubbed some people the wrong way. And interesting, in Port Mansfield, you don't own your property. Uh, back when the land was given uh, to the Navigation District and all was created back when it was a long time ago, uh, there was a stipulation that they were never going to sell, and called in fee simple, meaning you own it outright. Uh, you could only lease it. Mm-hmm. And so it's typically like a 30-year lease or so, and it just gets rubber stamped and rubber stamped. So it's, it's a technically yours, but it isn't. So what they did is they tried to use a provision in the lease that said that if you have a collection of, I believe it was rubbish is the term, um, those are grounds for canceling your lease. And so when they cancel your lease, they basically just take everything from you. Your house, everything, your car, your, everything that's and, on the property. Well, not your car, because your car, but obviously your house. Your house, okay. they, they now basically own okay. it. You're, you're, you're SOL. I mean, you have no recourse. And so um, this gentleman who there was an election, he supported very openly uh, the people that didn't win. Mm. And so the powers that be went ahead and terminated his lease. Um, he was in court one day with his wife. I was in there as well on an unrelated matter. And the judge was gently explaining to him the ruling. There was a motion for summary judgment that was filed against him by the navigation district. Um, the He hadn't filed a response. You've got to file a response. If not, then the judge has no choice, really no discretion, but to grant the motion for summary judgment. The motion essentially is a dispositive motion. That means that, yeah, you lose. Like the navigation district wins, your case is gone, they're taking your house. And so the judge is gently explaining the effect of her ruling to this man. And he was a big old man, big, big, big guy, uh, very, very intelligent. Mm -hmm. And so she's explaining this to him and I'm seeing him and he's in tears and his wife is in tears. And I'm just like, holy shit, how can this happen? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had followed the story in the local paper over there and I kind of knew the backstory. And um, (laughs) you know how you have one of those like out of body experience moments? I just stood up in this packed courtroom there in Raymondville in Willacy County. And I said, uh, Your Honor, I said, out of the blue, I'm still like, what the hell? <laughs> I said, Your Honor, I said, could I have five minutes to speak to this gentleman? I said, I might be representing him on a pro bono basis. And she looks at me and everybody's like, all the attorneys are like, what the hell is wrong with you? And part of me is like, yeah, Ryan, what the hell is wrong with you? Paper shuffle, what's going on? Like, what's going on here? What's going on? And so we go out into the hall and he's kind of like, what's this all about? And I'm just talking to him and I'm like, well, you know, let's see if I can maybe help you with this. Um, so you, okay, let me just make sure I'm understanding this story right. You, you are in the room and the, what you're in the room for has nothing. No, I have my own matter that and, I'm and, there and for. The, so was, this was just like, you just, I'm just sitting there listening, sitting. watching the show, watching the show. Yeah. And just feeling for this man. And I'm just thinking like, this sucks, man. How's this guy going to, you know, and I, I, I recognize you're losing it on essentially a technicality. Why? Because you didn't file a response. If you would have filed a response, you probably would have denied the motion and everything would have been cool. And so you're losing it like that. Because, so, because he just didn't know. Because like he didn't know. Because he, he was representing himself. He didn't understand. He was representing himself. Exactly. So he didn't have the money to hire a lawyer. 
So we go in there and we go out in the hall and I'm talking to him and he says, uh, I'll never forget this. He says at the end, he says, so well, how much are you going to charge me? He's like, I ain't got a lot of money. And I said, uh, I said, sir, I said, uh, I'm not going to charge you anything. And he goes, well, shit, I have that in both hands. And like, <laughs> so we go into the courtroom, I walk in there. Right, Your Honor, Ryan Solis for Mr. Banyai asking for a continuance. Continuance is denied. Come back at 1 o'clock. We're going to argue the motion. He said, all right, cool. You're kidding me. And then so, the gavel went down. And then, yeah. Wow. So, that's so crazy. So we go in. Um, we go in, and the judge calls us into chambers, and uh, you know, opposing counsels. I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, so they go. we go into chambers, and then we come back at 1 o'clock. We go in at 1. Um, I make my argument. I know that the judge is going to grant the motion because she has no choice. So I file a motion for new trial. Uh, eventually she grants the motion for new trial, which opens everything back up again. And we actually wind up going to trial and we won. He got the house. He was able to keep the house, everything else. Jury came back in like 20 minutes or so wow. and ruled in our favor. And the theory was it was a 14th Amendment um, selective enforcement, essentially, is that uh, similarly situated people are not being treated the same. Because at Port Mansfield, there's several people that have rubbish and whatnot in their yards, and they're not persecuted, they're not targeted, they're not gone after. The reason why he was targeted was because he had spoken out against some people. Uh, political. political. It was a political. A political deal, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they're basically like, we'll silence this guy and get him the hell out of here. He wasn't originally from Port Mansfield. He'd come to Port Mansfield after a hurricane in Galveston, you know, and came down and just kind of. Just a, he was a very misunderstood guy individual. yeah um but very intelligent man and so anyway so that was a very long-winded uh, yeah, answer man, but awesome. that was that was professionally probably one of the more um fulfilling cases uh that i've that i've ever had um, I've, 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 i enjoy helping people i enjoy nothing more than delivering to people um again especially people who find themselves you know, kind of uh, the, the David and Goliath, mm -hmm. you know, if they're battling against a company, you know, a lot of our cases right now, you know, our, our accident cases, mm -hmm. uh, if you've got a company or you've got an 18 wheeler that hits somebody, mm -hmm. well, now this person doesn't have a car. How are they going to get medical treatment? How are, you know, are they going to pay their bills, all that other stuff. So again, I just love the, the idea. I love the ability to step in between them and mm -hmm. be like, nah, I can provide a voice for this person. It doesn't matter how big or how much money you have over here because the courts basically provide an even playing field for everybody. Mm -hmm. But those who don't understand the judicial system or don't understand the game or how it works, or I don't want to say the game, but the rules, right, can find themselves. Oh, absolutely. There's all kind of, you know, they say that uh, whoever, if you act, what is the, the saying about uh, he who has their, as their own attorney is a fool for an attorney, whatever, I'm butchering that one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, because there's so many procedural, you know, it'd be like me trying to do your job. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know all of the little ins and outs and everything else. It's mm -hmm. like when somebody tries to be their own lawyer. Right. They don't know all of the little procedural, and there's so many little landmines mm -hmm. that can get you, bunch up, up, and bite you. Turn in the around over here. Yeah. Ah, man. Boom. Exactly. And, and so, you're screwed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's the situation that he found himself in. And so with, you know, uh, typically I would imagine that like a lot of your clients, you know, um, clients aren't necessarily in it for the money. They're probably in it for the justice or they're trying or or they're trying to, to you know, help their families in some way, shape or form. They're kind of lost because, you know, maybe uh, like an accident like you were talking about 
uh, with an 18-wheeler is like left them, you know, so disabled that they can't provide for their family, they can't work, they can't, maybe they can never work, who knows, mm -hmm. right, depending mm -hmm. on the, the, the severity of the injury, but, you know, um, going through all of that emotional struggle of finances and family and and all of these things like on top of that they gotta now they gotta worry about how to navigate themselves through this judicial system that's complex you know mm -hmm. you gotta you really kind of have to know exactly what to do and kind of how to do it and the processes and procedures that are involved in those things and so what's that what's kind of that the the customer or not customer but the client you know what are their what are their kind of worries? What are their fears? Like what how at what point do they do they want to get an attorney involved? Like what's kind of the commonality so, there? Yeah, so I guess part of it's going to depend on the severity of the injury of, mm -hmm. of the accident, how badly they're injured, and things like that. Some of it could be you know on a smaller accident, it could be something of uh, uh, the you know mom or dad just needs the car to get to work. Mom or dad just needs to get the kids to school or to soccer practice or to whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to come in and help them as far as either helping them get into a rental car or expediting the repair of the vehicle or whatever the case may be. So that's kind of on the lower end. Then you as you were mentioning though, some of our other clients that are involved in 18-wheeler accidents, these some of these people are severely, severely injured. They're unable to work, they're unable to care for their family. Um, you know, and that's, those are the ones that really, really find themselves in a bind. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, you know, obviously we help them and, and, and we're able to go after the, uh, the 18 wheeler or whatever, whoever, whatever it was that caused the accident for them. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not only 18 wheelers, I mean, commercial vehicles, other cars, um, you know, things like that. So yeah. That's a, it's a, it's a rewarding deal. Again, it takes, kind of goes all the way back to growing up as a kid yeah. and seeing other people groups of people take advantage of others right and recognizing the how unjust that was right but the recognizing as well that oftentimes those who were being taken advantage of didn't have the means or the resources or the education to defend themselves mm. or to i guess kind of tilt the scale back in their favor right you know they just didn't they it was impossible and so that's something that always then and now mm -hmm. is just what gets me up, uh, you know, gets me out of bed in the morning and gets, you know, that's just kind of my, my passion right there is helping people like that. Right. And it's really neat that I feel, you know, and I say this with all sincerity, I feel sometimes like the luckiest person in the world mm -hmm. that I get to do exactly what I dreamed of doing when I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And that I think is the success part, right? Because if you're doing what you love, and, and you're doing it well and you're passionate about it and you're able to get up in the morning and, and do it and, and do it well. I mean, that to me, I feel is kind of like, you know, the, the successful part. So I was just kind of like, when you were telling me all of this stuff, I was like uh, thinking about, you know, that, that, that kid that's like, you know, the bully in school. And then, you know, here's this other little kid who's kind of being picked on. And then here comes Ryan, it's kind of like, Hey man, you got a problem with this guy? You got a problem with me? Like, yeah, you know, like I, I think that's great, man. Like, I, and that's a really um, that's a really good stand to take because you know there are a lot of those kind of you know there are a lot of those those people too, and you know even from going back to those things that you learned as a kid, how that stuff kind of carries through, right? Some things carry through, 
some things kind of change. So things that you've learned, what, how would you, what would you kind of say? Like, uh, how would you wrap this up? Like what, what are some of the kind of the takeaways that you would, that you would, uh, give in terms of advice, success, you know, um, um, you know, I guess just in general, one of the things that I tell my kids pretty regularly, um, is life's not so much about what happens to you, but how you react. Mm. Cause it's real easy. I think for people to get caught up into the, into the whole belief that, well, I was just dealt a shitty hand, you know? Mm. And it's, it's like, no, 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 no. You have the ability to pull yourself up if necessary. You have the ability to do whatever is necessary to succeed, mm. you know? So don't worry so much about how this happens or what comes down the pike. How are you going to respond? Right. That's, I think, is the bigger deal. And I think as a takeaway in life is that, you know, I think our country, despite all the craziness going on right now, our country, I think, is still the greatest country in the world. And we still have all the opportunities in the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's on you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. The easiest thing is for people to complain and moan and bitch about, well, it just didn't happen for me. Or, well, I I could have done this or I should, you know, do it. Just do it. Just, you know, just do it. And that's the, I think that that's probably one of the bigger takeaways um, that I've learned in my 42 years in, of life, that's you know, cool. um, it's just, just do it. You know, there's a lot of people talk, a lot of people, uh, you know, it's like, it's random, but it's like Iron Man, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of people have talked to me about that and yeah, well, you know, I want to do an Iron Man, I've, 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 lots of people. And it's like, everybody wants to do Everybody wants to be an Iron Man until it's time to do Iron Man shit. Everybody wants to be successful until it's time to do the things that are necessary for success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's the deal. Just just do it. Right. Just get out there. And, and if, if you're kind of tunnel, you know, focused and, and you have that tunnel vision and nothing's going to stop you. There you go. Really great stuff, Ryan. Really appreciate you coming in, man. It was awesome it's like uh old times yeah you know? exactly we just sitting here shooting the breeze yeah and... I, re- I remember we used to have these talks like right after work at, <laughs> yeah. at your old place yeah and uh just have some good talks man so yeah well, i appreciate I, you having me man it's awesome yeah man no, i appreciate the insight uh cheers my friend absolutely until the next one thanks bud